Thank you for listening to the Matt's Movie Reviews podcast, available on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and Stitcher. Also, please follow Matt's Movie Reviews on Facebook, YouTube, LinkedIn, Reddit, Instagram, and MeWe. And of course, be sure to visit mattsmoviereviews.net for the latest reviews, top 10 lists, and more. Now, on to the show. Since the dawn of time, there have been vampires. And then there's me, waiting to pounce. Yep. Hey guys, Stream Team 29th of April, Stream Team TV. Like and subscribe. I got a call from director's people. He personally requested the Stream Team to come out to his retreat in New Mexico to chat about a huge ambassador deal. Who the fuck is this guy? You got no idea how much trouble you're in, do you? You've been warned. What if these people aren't just greedy, they're evil? It's gonna be fine, okay? Welcome, everyone. Queen of online shopping. (laughs) King of YouTube. Online social goddess. (laughs) I wouldn't say goddess. Why are people saying that all the time? I just got a ping from downstairs. They're ready for David. This is where I leave you. Where's David? Hello? Jesus. Jack? Come with me now, before it's too late. Games are over, honey. Welcome to the rest of your life. Bring it, fam. This isn't what we signed up for. That's the truth, baby. Come on, let's go. It's vamp time. Now that's cool. Hello and welcome to the Matt's Movie Reviews Podcast. I am your host, Matthew Perkovich, and this is episode number 471. Releasing October 21 across the US in theaters, digital and on demand is Slayers, a horror comedy that stars Thomas Jane as a grisly vampire hunter who takes on an Illuminati of the undead that have set in motion a plan to rule the world. Biting in its social commentary and starring Cara Haywood, Abigail Breslin, and Melon Ackerman. Slayers is also the second film by director Asher Levin to be released this year with the crime thriller Dig also available on digital. And joining me again on the Matt's Movie Reviews podcast is the ever-prolific Asher Levin. Asher, thank you so very much for your time today. Yeah, so great to talk to you again. It's really interesting, Slayers. We're just saying, just off record, there very different film to to Dig, which I just we talked to, to each other about only a few weeks ago. Very different film yeah. to just vampire films in general. It's a very unconventional <clears throat> vampire movie, I think. Um, yourself being a director and a screenwriter and producer on this project, 
what how did this all come about to you um did you and zach in brogno who's your co-writer on this did you guys conceive this yourself did you already have the idea how did it all kind of come together uh yeah it is first of all it's very different than dig uh dig was something that came to actually only landed on my desk while i was in post on this film um and uh was sort of an assignment that then became more of my vision but um this movie was in my head for so many, so many years. Uh, I started writing a version of this film 12 years ago myself. Uh, it was originally, I, I, I had heard about um, these conspiracy theories about Howard Hughes uh, at the Desert Inn in Vegas and uh, all these weird theories about his sort of last years. Mm. And then I'd seen an illustration of Hughes and he looked like a vampire. And I had this very fun idea to update Dracula set in the late 60s with a group of, uh, you know, 20 somethings who uh, show up at the Desert Inn and are invited by Howard Hughes, uh, presumably because the Jack character, who is still the Jack character, uh, was an LA Times reporter and was going to do a sort of one on one interview. And it ultimately is a similar kind of thing of a honeypot. Uh, and then um, uh, the Elliot Jones character, which is the Thomas Jane character, ultimately uh, teams up with uh jack's sister i i think she was named flynn back then too uh and they 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 sort of take down hughes uh who is is revealed as rector because uh the sort of fun uh a lot of easter eggs in this movie obviously i mean this movie's crazy but um uh one of the pseudonames that howard hughes used to use when he checked in places was mr rector uh, as a joke about being a misdirection mm. and um and so the mythology was sort of early baked in, but a very different kind of movie, um, super fun movie. I think a lot of the same energy regarding the Elliot character, which at the time was, na- was named after Robert Matthew. I think Matthew is his name. Uh, and uh, that was a, a, uh, a sort of disavowed security guy who, who believed that there was more to, you know, what was going on with Hughes uh, than meets the eye. And so we, I kind of based the character on him. Uh, and then what happened was I, uh, you know, it, it was an interesting film. I think it was a little ahead of its time, tonally. Um, it was uh, a, a little bit more of a straight horror comedy. Uh, you know, the, the first part of it was very much kind of uh, slasher adjacent, but in the late 60s and then in the back half of it, you know, Elliot brings in a lot of humor and it becomes sort of an action comedy, which is very, the, the last 30 minutes of, of, the, of that script is very similar still to the last 30 minutes of the movie. Uh, the, the Flynn and Elliot thing I always really loved. It's my favorite part of the movie. Um, and uh, clearly. And, uh, and then, you know, uh, I did a bunch of other things. I, I believe we chatted a, a briefly last time about my uh, sort of road to making movies again, being in the digital space. And um, I had worked with a lot of digital uh, media influencers and I, I really um, had this sort of conflicted sense of feeling bad for their position in terms of uh, their lifespan as, a, as an entertainer, mm-hmm. but also this sort of really insidious kind of cynicism to the world, the commodity, the commercialization of, of content that was really blossomed out of YouTube and musically, which became TikTok. And then, of course, Instagram and the sort of um, uh, the destruction of reality for people that are under 25. And so uh, when I stopped making digital stuff, uh, I had already worked on a couple of scripts with Zach 
we had worked on it very successfully on a, a scripted podcast that did very well. And it was in the genre space. And I had worked on a genre script with him that we're still trying to get made. And um, I, I shared with him the project. It was called With Teeth at the time. And um, uh, he, I said, hey, I, I, you know, we just worked with all these assholes in the digital space. I, I kind of want to change the movie to be about them. But with uh, the, the, the former Howard Hughes character, uh, instead of just sort of being an ominous billionaire, <laughs> being a head of a media company like a, you know, like a Murdoch, uh, mm-hmm. him and his wife. And um, and really having the movie be a, uh, a bit of a dissertation on um, and meditation on uh, the vampiric elements of media consumption today. The Matt's Movie Reviews podcast is brought to you by Tee Public. Tee Public is the world's largest marketplace for independent creators to sell their work on the highest quality merchandise. With over 1.2 million designs, Tee Public is sure to have something you love. The Matt's Movie Reviews Podcast is brought to you by Amazon, the world's leading online store. Amazon is your first stop to buy a wide range of products at competitive prices with fast delivery times. Amazon is also a world-class entertainment hub that includes Prime Video, Audible, Twitch, Amazon Music, and more. Sign up with Amazon today and experience the best in online shopping and entertainment. And it's also interesting that with something I kind of logged, tapped on to, into as well in regards to the correlation between the internet and vampirism in your movie is that a lot of times yeah. the internet can be used by predators to kind of draw in their prey as well. And I thought that was a really kind of an interesting thing. 100%. And, and, and also even the execution of the film, which, uh, you know, took a while to really figure it out and figure out the, the tone of the movie. Um, it, I, I keep telling people I really want this movie to feel like uh, uh, it's it's late at night and you you can't get to sleep, so you start doing a search on vampire conspiracy theories, mm. and then it's an hour and a half later, and you've gone on all these websites and you've checked out a video and you might have watched a little bit of a vampire movie, and then you might get on Reddit and then you might you know find someone on TikTok and. And I really wanted, I've never seen that before, but I had been in the digital space and knew how to make it look like that. Mm-hmm. And I'd never seen anyone actually do it. And so once I had shot the movie pretty straight, um, we were trying to find a balance because the back half of the movie was really, really fun. And you know, the minute that, that no spoilers here, but the minute that Elliot and Flynn team up, the movie really has a different sort of trajectory for the back half of the film. It becomes sort of uh, a, a of a like a late '80s action film, right. like a buddy movie, you know, with vampires. Yeah, but uh, the first half of the movie always took so long to get to there. And then once I started um, really uh, getting into the editing process with my editors, Mark and Vic, uh, it was suggested that we start working on these breakouts, these voiceover breakouts, to bring Elliot in earlier. Because one of the other things that happened was, you know, you get these actors, and then suddenly the movie changes. And when mm. we brought Thomas in specifically, he was so charismatic in the role more so than I had even imagined. <clears throat> I'd always imagined like a John Carpenter, Kurt Russell kind of character, but <clears throat> Thomas brings and does something even a little bit different. Mm. There's a sort of unhinged, um, you know, anarchistic element to Thomas as an actor, especially when he embraces that side that is really very, very specific. And, um, and yet he has this old kind of Robert Mitchum, John Wayne thing to him on the other side of it. So it's a really cool balance. 
And once we did that, I was like, these are all my favorite parts of the movie and how do we bring it in earlier? And so we, we composed a couple of different breakouts that we were only really going to do a few of them before we got to Elliot. And once we did one, I just couldn't stop writing. And so then it was like, hey, what do we do here? And then my editor was like, well, you know, there's a really cool mythology section in the middle of the film with the trailer, the, tra- the scene in the trailer, which is my, one of my favorite films in the movie, uh, scene in the movie. And he had suggested, he's like, hey, you know, we, we can do a lot of these all over the movie. And I think it would, it would really make this movie a little different and, and kind of understanding how I wrote voiceover um, and Zach's sort of brain with crazy mythology, conspiracy shit. We, um, we made like 15 of them then. And then the movie really became something very, very different. It became a completely unique artistic expression, uh, but very entertaining all the way through. Um, you know, while we were making it, it was really hard to see what the movie was going to become. Uh, and by the time we were done with it, we worked on this for maybe over a year in post. Um, obviously, I'm, there's a lot of stuff there. Uh, the graphic overlays and the archival mm. footage that we found and and some of the manufactured archival footage that we created and, and you know, and, and some of the digital sort of graphic-y, Snapchat-y looking things that we did, you know, to go along with the perfect balance of montage and scene work and making sure that the story, you know, was really easy to follow. Um, that was a very delicate balance. And by the end of it, we were so burnt out that we couldn't even really watch the movie anymore. And then people who watched the movie, specifically our distributors, were so uh, excited about the cut that we watched it then a few weeks later and a month later. And, and it was like, we were like, wow, this is this movie's actually kind of called each other. Like, this movie's pretty good. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, a couple of months ago, we watched it again. I watched it again with, with some people. and it, it kind of got better every time, you know, cause there was so much we were doing and um, I would get, I got so excited about the fact that I was in this, in this post-production space where there was this great graphic designer. There was this really amazing illustrator. You know, I had my editor, I had the other editor, you know, his partner who does a lot of trailer work and it just became the, something so unique. Um, we joke that it's hard to replicate it. Like if I had decided I wanted to make this movie like this from the beginning, it would have felt like I was, almost manufacturing it. Whereas this version feels really authentic and, and almost sort of like experimental. When it comes to working with Thomas Jane and when you spoke about Dick, you sung his praises and rightfully so. I mean, he's one of my, he's one of those actors to me that if he's in it, I'm going to watch it because I know he's in it. I was curious though, I, re- I heard somewhere um, that you yeah. kind of said your relationship with him was almost kind of like, it was kind of like a mentor to you in some ways. How did that kind of develop over time how did you guys kind of develop that relationship over time to the point where you guys are not only filmmaking uh you know making films together but you also have a very kind of solid relationship uh, behind the scenes as well i have a very close relationship with thomas um you know i was lucky to get him in on slayers and um once we started working together we were started having a lot of fun and then by the time that we got to dig you know we started working together on scripts uh, give, you know, him kind of giving me thoughts about stuff. I have a, I'm very open with regards to working with talent. I, you know, I, as you know, speaking of dig, I obviously have a, a, a very similar, but more sort of uh peer to peer relationship with Emil Hirsch as well. Um, and both of those are sort of like my repertory guys. Mm. And, you know, with Thomas, um, I think that once we started getting in the groove on this one, we wanted to work together again. And now we're working together again on another film. Uh, and really, you know, my process with him 
is when I say mentor, what I mean is he's had so much experience and understanding what works and what does not work in the genre space specifically, and also in the in the uh, in the crime thriller space. Yeah. He's done so many movies, and and so he might say, "Hey, I, you know, this is really great, or this is not so great, or you know, I don't know about that." And, and um, I think there's a part of me that has always wanted. I, I always wrote characters that um, were kind of Thomas Jane characters before I even met him. You know, I'm a big fan uh, of uh, sort of being a little sarcastic and and having a, a bit of a sort of anarchistic outlook on life. Uh, Thomas is great at being uh, a, a sort of, um, you know, world weary guy who can throw out one liners. Yeah, I think he's one of the best in the business at really understanding comedic timing as well. Um, but also, he's not jokey. And I think that's a super unique quality with him that, you know, you, you don't find in a lot of people. I mentioned Kurt Russell. Um, he is the similar, sometimes he is actually a little more jokey than Thomas, but the both of them have that quality of being able to understand that they may be in a campy situation, but be able to kind of rein it in and create this, this kind of singular tone. And I think that that tone is, is kind of unique. In Dig, he was not doing that. It was a much more serious uh, film for him specifically. You know, Emil in that movie was bringing the humor. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and once we got to Thomas in this movie, though, this was really the full Thomas Jane experience, in my opinion. And yeah. I tell everybody, if they love Thomas Jane, if they've seen him as supporting roles throughout the years, if they've always wanted to see him full blossom, you know, in, in all the different tools, then this is the movie for them. Because it's got, it just has everything that you'd want from a Thomas Jane movie. You know, it's got, it's got his one-liners. It's got the gravitas. It's got hero stuff. It's got blood. It's, it's crazy. And yet it all kind of seems like it, it, it feels like it makes sense together. So for everyone out there listening, October 21 in theatres, digital and on demand is Slayers. Perfect movie for Halloween season. Watch it with your friends. Yeah. Watch it as a group. Have fun with it. I sure did. And Ashley Levin, I thank you so very much to talk to you again uh, for Slayers. Hopefully we'll talk again in the future, man. I know you love making your films. Yeah. And as long as you keep making the ones yeah. like Deacon Slayers, I, I look forward to it. I appreciate that. Great, great time.